Searchlight with Stephanie. I am your host, Stephanie McLaurin, and I just have a couple of announcements for you before we deep dive into our case this week. I will be doing, um, after this episode, I will be doing about three to four cases per episode going forward. Um, so what we're going to do now is just dive right on in and turn our searchlights on for our case. Resources for this case this week is CanadaUnsolved.com and MissingKids.ca. I will be referencing a lot from the Canada Unsolved, um, so let's dive on in and turn on our searchlights this week. In the spring of 1980, Slave Lake was burning due to the wildfires. In one day, the wildfires just outside of the small town in Alberta would take the life of a water bomber pilot, the efforts of over 125 RCMP officers, and happened to destroy the innocence of a boy, his family, and his entire community. Jeffrey was described by his mother as a determined and talkative little boy, who loved racing his bike up and down the street outside of the family home, which laid on the outskirts of Slave Lake. At just three years old, his mother, Denise, described that he already knew who he was. Jeffrey had a kind heart. In a newspaper report from 1980, his mother told the story of how Jeffrey had seen a neighbor kill a moose, and at lunchtime, Jeffrey said that he no longer wanted to eat meat anymore, and when Denise asked him why, he said he didn't want to make animals dead. Jeffrey, above all else, loved being with his mother and playing with all the other children in the neighborhood. One of Jeffrey's good friends was five-year-old Rodney, who lived next door. On April 24th in 1980, Just before one in the afternoon, Jeffrey and Denise were outside of their home. Jeffrey said he was going to go and play with Rodney, so Denise decided to go inside and transfer over a load of laundry from the washing machine to the dryer. The window was open, and a few minutes later, she heard Rodney's dad call out for him to come inside. When Denise looked out the window and saw neither of the boys, she assumed Jeffrey had gone inside with Rodney. Well, roughly about 20 minutes later, Rodney comes and knocks on the door, asking for Jeffrey. Denise's search for her son began in that very moment and had never stopped since. At 1.45, she called the police and they told her that they were busy and to look for Jeff with some of the neighbors, so she did. Around 2.20, 2.30 in the afternoon, in a panic, she called back to the police. It took over an hour for the police to show up to the house. The news of Jeffrey's disappearance happened to spread fast and within a few hours, hundreds of volunteers from Slave Lake community had shown up to search for Jeffrey. Jeffrey's father, Ray, who had been away on business in High 
Prairie, sorry, had to come home, and at 3 a.m., Ray crashed for an hour. Denise searched into the night. Roughly around 7 a.m. on April 25th, the official search for Jeffrey DePriest resumed. That morning, 200 high school students and their teachers came out to help. Local stores locked their doors, and by noon, some of the areas had been searched three or four times. That afternoon, residents formed an arm's length chain in a mile long, and you can see it in the Edmonton Journal of 1985. When darkness fell, the search extended to some roads 64 kilometers out of town. There was one man who reportedly quit his job when he was told he wouldn't be granted the time off to go and help the search for Jeffrey. Denise pleaded with the law enforcement to recruit members of the armed forces search and rescue in the search of Jeffrey. Her cries were ignored and they didn't show up for nearly a week. But then, a witness came forward. Investigators flew the witness and, her, and their two children to Edmonton where they were hypnotized. The woman who kidnapped Jeffrey Dupreeze was described as an attractive female in her mid-twenties, approximately 5'2", 110 pounds, and shoulder-length brown hair. The truck seemed like it was a 1978 or a 1980 custom-painted Chevy GMC short box pickup truck with the chrome bumpers and the wheels. The driver was a male, maybe in his early 30s, clean-shaven with short reddish-blonde hair. Both abductors were relatively small. The woman says... The woman was seen coaxing Jeffrey toward the truck, and when Jeffrey got close enough, she grabbed him and the truck sped off. Who they were and why they took Jeffrey still remains an unknown mystery 40 years later. They may have raised him as his own, or they may have sold him to someone who did. Although a woman and her two children had witnessed Jeffrey's abduction in the summer of 1980, police accused Denise of murdering Jeffrey without having the means or motive and subjected her to a lie detector test, which we all know in the crime junkie world... In true crime community, um, those are not reliable. Just saying. In 1986, an investigator in Jeffrey's appearance said he had a gut feeling Jeffrey was still alive. That same year, when the National Missing Children's Database was developed, Jeffrey's case was compared to those of 100 other missing children. Investigators never found any telltale similarities. As often said with these unsolved cases, that someone usually knows something, and in the abduction of Jeffrey Dupree, there's no alternative. The woman who who would have kidnapped Jeffrey would likely be closer to her, 70, her 60s now, and the man would likely be in his 70s. Roughly about now, Jeffrey would be about 43 to 45 years old. He now has two younger brothers and a mother who still mourns her three-year-old boy waiting for the answers. If you or anybody happens to have any information in regards of Jeffrey's case, please don't hesitate to call one 866 543-8477 or to reach out to Slave Lake RCMP at 780-849-399. And thank you for tuning in this week and turning on your searchlight with me. As I stated before, um, you can follow me on TikTok, on Instagram, and I will be changing the vamp and revamping the podcast a little bit. I do plan on getting a better microphone and I'm going to be doing about three to four cases. And please, to all my listeners, Please, please, please do not hesitate to give me any feedback on what you wish to hear. Stay safe, stay vigilant, and listen to your gut. Love you guys, and see you guys next week.